What do you want? Screaming queens. Listen, I am two seconds away from calling the police. Screaming Queens Horror Podcast. What do you want? Screaming Queens Horror Podcast to your death. Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. Better give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else gets the hose again. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to need death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch. It was an asylum. And it was hell. 20 years of pure hell. The devil wins sometimes. What's that? Gods and monsters. Hello and welcome to Screaming Queens, the horror podcast with the queer eye view. We're all sort of giggly and, and in a funny mood and Martin came walking into the room like a spider. <laughs> As um, usual. Yeah. <laughs> because nothing puts us in a good mood like a film about child abuse. Yes, <laughs> essentially. My name's Jonathan Larkin. I'm Martin Fennessy. I'm Jonathan Butler. Um, I'm Stephen Moore. <laughs> Forgot Steve, again. Stephen's choking on his peppermint tea. Um, what we've been doing lately, dear listeners, is uh, we've been getting together before before we podcast and watching the actual film, so we've sort of come off it with like a fresh opinion on the film, a fresh perspective. A lot of the time as well, it also means making less notes, which is always fun, isn't it? Because we yeah. just start talking about it mm-hmm. straight away. Um, so we did that again tonight and what we did was we thought we'd sit down and watch something a bit more recent because the last few episodes we've done Italian Jello, zombie movies, that kind of stuff and we thought we'd come a bit more up to date. So we're not that recent, it's still like a year ago, but we thought we would talk about a British horror movie from the director Matthew Holness, who... Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. What, what is it? Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know anything about this. No. It was a comedy sci-fi it was done as if it was a lost eighties TV show. And I've read, okay. I've read about it, and I've read that it was absolutely brilliant. It's, um, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I need the to talent see it. that's involved in it. Richard Ayoade, Matt Berry, yeah, um, Matthew Holness himself. Is uh, he the mighty? He's part of the mighty Bush. Uh, now, one of the guys from the mighty Bush was in it right. as well. Uh, that's Noel Fielding. I think Noel Fielding might be in it somewhere as well. And oh, okay. Alice Lowe as well. She's, right. she's in it as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. So that's his background, this director of this film. It was a, he's got a comedy background, hasn't he? Yeah, pretty much. When so, I, I when I actually saw this at the pictures, yeah. there was a little intro coming on that, that before the film and said, I know you probably know me from Dark Place, but this film isn't funny, so don't be expecting a laugh. <laughs> 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 that was his intro to the film. And we laughed through every <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> So we decided to watch the um, 2018 British horror movie, Possum. Mother, father, what's afoot? Only possum black as soot. Mother, father, where to tread? Far from possum and his head. Here's a bag, now what's inside? Does he seek or does he hide? Can you spy him deep within? Little possum. Black as sin. Police are widening their search for missing teenager Michael Browning, who disappeared on his way home from school. 
out in the fall, I recall. Your school, wasn't that? There, there, lad. I had no idea. Did you find him? Plot of Possum, I mean, it's actually quite a simple plot. It's just sort of told in a very non-linear mm. way, isn't it? So the sort of the, the plot of it is a guy called Philip. Philip. Philip has some issues. Yeah. He's got social awkwardness. Anxiety awkwardness. Yeah. Um, and he, Philip comes home after being away. We don't know where. He comes home to, is it like Norfolk? Yeah. I, I want to go to Norfolk. It looks like creepy. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like the Mr. James. Mr. James film should be lots of Mr. James stuff is set in Norfolk. Yeah. So he comes home to Norfolk and he is coming back to stay with a man called Morris. We don't quite know who he is to him at first. Is he a stepdad? Is he like an old friend? Is he a mentor of some sort? Uncle. We find so. Does he only ever say Uncle Morris at the end? Yeah. It is at the end, but I kind of figured it out. Yeah. Earlier on. So we find out eventually, in in a very memorable way, that he's his uncle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't convinced. Though. No, Uncle Morris. Is it? Is it like, like uncle? Is it like yeah. just an adult in your life? You call uncle. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Everyone else even Yeah, I think one of my nan's friends when I was a kid, I used to call it auntie, and she mm. was no relation to me at all. Just, just one of those things you do, isn't it? What were I thinking? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> probably covered in nicotine. Okay, I'll be honest. <laughs> So <laughs> he comes back to stay with Morris, and there's a whole thing going on. We don't know what it is. There's there's tension between them. They live in this squalid hellhole of a house. Look amazing that house. It's and, like, yeah, it's the outside of it's like it's so like timeless and run down. It could yeah. be from like the fifties or the eighties. Yeah. You can't yeah. really tell. Yeah, and the whole film is like that, and, and it's kind of on purpose. Philip for the whole film is carrying a big hold all bag, and inside that bag is something quite disturbing. All we see at first are big, hairy, spidery legs. And then we finally sort of find out a little bit more. We find out that Philip is a puppeteer who apparently caused a scandal. Wherever he's come from, he caused a scandal. Upset some children with his puppet. (laughs) And then throughout the film, we piece together fragments of Philip's disturbed past with Morris. And at the same time, running alongside this, a young boy has gone missing in the local town. And we saw the young boy at the beginning of the film on a train with Philip when Philip was giving him what could only be described as the glad eye. (laughs) (laughs) The PD glad eye. (laughs) So we think, did Philip do it? Did Morris do it? What the hell is going on? And what is that thing in the bag that we keep getting glimpses of? And then it all sort of goes to shit, basically. (laughs) So that's the plot of the film, really, isn't it? Um, And spoiler... um, 
we pieced together the fact that Philip was probably well he was he was he was abused by Morris when he was younger at least Morris at least Morris maybe yeah. more people and Morris is responsible for the disappearance of the young boy mm-hmm. who was in a suitcase in the living room but it's his old it's his parents bedroom isn't it why is it on the ground floor then maybe they were disabled couldn't go upstairs couldn't get out that's why they burned in the fire maybe well, there was a lot of room it was quite there were quite a lot of rooms weren't there yeah yeah they had, I don't think the house shape made any sense but I think that was kind of on purpose yeah yeah. it was just a bit disorienting the, the corridor upstairs went on for much further mm. than the house pos- could possibly yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a whole David Lynch element to the mm. film there's a bit in Twin Peaks Firewalk with me where Laura Palmer walks into a painting and it, she's in like a, it's like a dark house with very grim looking dark walls and stuff and the, a lot of the art direction in this film looks very similar to that because mm. it made me think of that and yeah it's a very very disturbing film which I've forgot a lot of <laughs> <laughs> genuinely shit myself watching this film again I did as well I've yeah. seen this about four times and I still shit myself <laughs> so it was Martin and Stephen your first viewing yeah, yeah. so Martin what were you, give me your initial reaction my initial reaction is that this was the worst spider puppet child abduction film I have ever seen or <laughs> <laughs> was it the best or the best worse than a good way yes it was horrible yeah horrible and I'm still itching now my head is itching yeah. I will itching I'll, all the way through I'll be tweeting this to Matthew Holmes who directs it so that if you've got any words that you want to say directly to him now's the time oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, are you related to Bob? <laughs> that was my, that's my first question. That's my first question. I'll have a pee, please, Matthew. Um, Stephen, your response, initial response to the film? Um, I think we've been saying we've been doing this, watching the film to then be able to talk about it straight after because it's kind of clean in our heads and I think this time it's kind of backfired because it feels like <laughs> It was so heavy and damp. I feel like I've got a weight on my head trying to like process. Yeah. It was dark and grim. I was there for it. <laughs> Did you say heavy and damp? Damp. Yeah. Dank. That's the, the, the really good. Mm. That's a really good description. I think it's of the way this film feels. feels. It's, it has more of like a feeling and an atmosphere that's like really palpable. Mm. You can you, you can kind of feel the oppressive yeah feeling the film's trying to portray. Yeah. It's really powerful in that mm. way, isn't it? It's like it's the, imp- the oppressiveness of the house and the whole mm. situation. We just think he's just been oppressed mm. in the worst ways his whole life. I saw the pictures, mm. and the, I, I think, as Steve says, you kind of, I think it has kind of backfired on those because you do need some time to process it. Yeah, you do totally. Because I'm, it's all, yeah, because I feel better because I've seen it once before anyway, so I sort of knew what to expect from it. But, so we were watching the film, and I literally jumped out my skin at the, the last ten minutes, and then I'd completely forgotten. And I don't know how you forget something like that, but <laughs> I'd forgotten the whole climax of the film, like the reveal. It had gone out of my head. I think I just focused on the, the on the puppets and stuff and what I was remembering. So it was like watching that bit for the first time again, so that was great. I remembered there was a jump scare, but I forgot where exactly it was, so, the, I, yeah. so I, it scared me again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking the entire way through it oh it's really atmospheric and everything but it's not scared of me it's not scared of me and then I fucking shit myself yeah. <laughs> yeah it's hard for a film to be scary but it's also hard for a film to be creepy but this manages to be creepy mm-hmm. like not many other films I think I've seen recently yeah I, can't, I think the last film I saw that was as creepy as this was probably Babadook 
Yeah. Part of the which is similar. The, yeah, part of the um, like the book and stuff in this film yeah. made me think of Babadook a little bit. Yeah. So it's, I don't think it matters that it's not that scary. It's creepy, which yeah. I'd, I'd prefer anyway. I'd rather a film creep me out for 90 yeah. minutes and then not even do anything at the end. Yeah. But yeah. this creep me out for 90 minutes and then still make shit. Well, so <laughs> I think it's a bit of a win-win. Yeah. And it makes your skin crawl, makes you feel filthy, like you are Dirty. physically filthy without actually being gratuitous. Yeah. It's not like watching Human Centipede 2 where you come out feeling filthy because mm. it's just hideous mm. and graphic this is I don't know it's graphic in its own way but it's very very low level and it's just it doesn't, it have... just, it doesn't do anything to actually disgust or repel you it's mm. just a general sense of green brown mist everywhere yeah. <laughs> green brown mist sludge yeah. the whole film is stained with nicotine yeah yeah, yeah completely it's like, a, it's like it's like the film is like it's like the equivalent of lifting Uncle Morris's fingernails up and seeing what's underneath. That's what this film is. And you know those fingernails have just come off dead easy. Yeah. Would be no struggle. Oh, <laughs> uh, Martin, as a child of the 70s, did you get... So I was listening to the commentary and then I did a bit of reading up on the film and they were saying that the opening titles were, were inspired by 70s supernatural children's TV shows. Um... Did you get any of that from it? I don't know that I got that. I did get the seventies from it definitely at the beginning. Oh. Um, and I actually, I actually wondered whether it was going to be. It's a strange film because it does. It doesn't. It, it is a linear narrative in lots of ways. But, yeah. But it, at the beginning with the train, um, I thought, God, this must be the seventies. This must be set in the seventies or eighties. Yeah. It's an intercity train. I haven't been intercity trains for like. 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, so, it, yeah, the grainy, mm. well, it's not grainy, but the sort of, the... the, the well, they shot it on film rather than digital because yeah. they wanted to have so that. So, like, the, the, the texture of the film yeah. and the colours and the light yeah. was very, very much like a 70s yeah. film. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it'd be like mm. a children's film foundation I got, film or anything really I got a little bit of like uh, the, the public service the public warning things I got a little bit of that from it the way it looked yeah a lot of those from the 70s don't right? let your fish and rush exactly. touch an electric pan yeah yeah like that. <laughs> a lot of the themes and the aesthetic from it did come from that he had the director so Matthew Holmes wrote and directed it and he um, initially wrote a short story that this that this came from so, right. that, so this came from that but he was inspired by the 70s public service yeah. things that were there to terrify children like to that, never get out of the house again Apaches where the kids Apaches yeah. yeah oh god slurry pit yeah yeah that's horrible there's that one and don't swim in the canal <laughs> don't swim in the canal cause weeds and shopping trolleys will grab your leg <laughs> and drag you under and kill you um, and there was a one called clunk click which is about fascinating you see oh, clunk click yeah, every tree I remember that and who was in that advert was Jimmy Savile in Jimmy it yeah Savile. <laughs> Jimmy Savile is in that advert, so he, a lot of Holness's inspiration came from looking at those films and thinking, oh my god, the moral guardian who was in that film was fucking, was the worst danger of all. <laughs> he was worse than any fucking dodgy seatbelt yeah. out there. So if you think about this film and then you think about Jimmy Savile, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in there that is very clearly lifted from that mm. whole murky uh. wading pool. 
Like I couldn't get any more itchy anyway. Yeah, yeah. Wow, what the steps, David? It's great. The, oh God, the spirit of Jimmy Savile is in, is in that film. Yeah. Whether intentionally or not, or unintentionally, yeah. he's it, it's there. Well, it's like he, it's infected. So the setup of the film is Philip is a is a children's entertainer. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, he's a children's entertainer. Um, this the um the, the the sort of the very symbol of children's entertainment is. The puppet, yeah, possum, which is the most disturbing thing <laughs> I think I've seen in a long time. That little, that white face that peers mm. around the sides of the door, <laughs> door frame, and the long. Is it supposed to be legs. his face? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a copy of his yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, because I think the old thing was like it was the monster was him. Yeah, like yeah. it was something he was carrying around, oh, and that's yeah. why he couldn't get rid of it. Because he, when he's looking in the mirror, he looks in the mirror, doesn't he, and he sees the head sentence. He sees the head and then a bit later on he sees just himself. Yeah. It keeps you guessing throughout, I think, as to whether he's the predator or the prey. Because you, you, you genuinely, I think, even on the second watch, you genuinely don't know for the first hour. Yeah. You don't know. He, he's someone who, it's a really interesting part the way it's written, but it's also really beautifully played by that actor, by Sean Harris. Yeah, he's a brilliant actor. Because he, he encompasses that kind of, the weird man on the street who you would grab your child's hand and steer them away from but he also encompasses sympathy yeah there's mm. something really sad and haunted about about that character throughout the film mm. you are, it, it does keep you guessing but I, I yeah I just feel complete sympathy for him because I just feel like he's just been the prey forever mm. it's never let up it's like yeah. he was abused and bullied as a kid but he never escaped his abuser yeah or one of his abusers so he's actually Right, you just continue to have that trauma mm. for the rest of his life. Yeah. There are some great moments in the film that are really, really subtle that I sort of talk about the control that an abuser has over his victim. Um, like, you don't see Morris for the first, like, 10, 15 minutes, and then when you do finally see him, Philip looks at him with disgust and mm. he despises him. Like, mm. he, he looks like he would happily stab him in the throat there and then. But there's a moment in the kitchen where Morris puts a cigarette in his mouth and Phil just it's automatically lights yeah. it from him. Yeah. It's and like a control. It's that thing that's... And there's, there's moments where he looks at him like a dad. Yeah. It is an incredible portrait of that, like, that dynamic mm. of an abuser and, and, and the abused where Morris is sort of kind, but there's something in the background of that kindness. You think there's, there's, there's something... There's some fucking horrible thing coming mm. we'll come to it I guess well, the, film, I mean, started... the, the film hasn't got a very linear structure so I, I'm happy for us to jump all over the place cool. and just talk about yeah. I'm assuming that if you listen to this you've seen the film so you know what we're talking about so we're just going to jump backwards and forwards so. where he gets into telling the story of the fox Ooh, and yeah. it's almost like he's um, oh. he's duping him into telling a story that is a happy story from his childhood yeah. but actually he's getting him to relive it yeah. And, yeah. and it's distressing him but then he turns it against him and taunts him with him and just think that's just such a, a, an incredible yeah. snippet of what an abuser could be like yeah. just to keep you yeah. keep you in place. Well he gets off on he gets off on making that that relive the trauma and he's like mm-hmm. that he's like um it, there's um you know Hannibal, the book yeah. Hannibal, the character in that Mason Verger who's played by yeah. Gary Oldman in the yeah. film. 
in the book it's much more camp and operatic and it's ridiculous and he is my he's like the the pedophilic villain who abuses children all the time and he he, he collects a, gl- a glass yeah. of children's tears, tears to drink now that is like the other end of the scale yeah. it's like it's like camp operatic villain monster who who preys on children's weakness mm. and gets off on their suffering literally he drinks their tears so you know they never did that in the film they never did no. that in Hannibal I mean Hannibal the film is a mess anyway but yeah. you could not make that into a yeah. film and be taken no. seriously so in this I love the fact that they go for the complete opposite and that like that just that real subtlety of, of that control the yeah. coercion and all that you know I think it's really powerful because even that story I think the fox that I think that's like an abuse story as well because it talks about other boys like after they kill the fox like the force him to like they stuff his face into the mm. dead fox yeah. and stuff and that's like that's physical abuse so mm. it's like he's physically abused and he's sexually abused and yeah. probably mental, mentally abused as but, well but what's really powerful about that story though and what, what I realised watching it the second time is it's, it pinpoints the moment where he started to re- retreat into a mm. fantasy world to deal with the trauma because he says at the end the of the story the fox suddenly looks at me and smiles and walks away. Yeah. So it's so mm. that's the moment in his life when he his brain sort of went like that and yeah. he was like, This is how I will deal with this trauma and I'll turn it into a fantasy. Yeah. Mm. I never thought of it like that because I, I but I, that makes real sense because I wondered whether actually in his head it was an amalgam of a few a couple of instances yeah. of abuse yeah. and, and and bullying, uh, maybe two of which involved a fox. One yeah. that was alive and one after the kids had Maybe, yeah. you know, they'd seen a vulnerability and he liked foxes. Yeah. They kill a fox and yeah. do the ultimate horrible thing by forcing him to put his head in a yeah. rotten corpse of a fox that he loved. Yeah, it's, it, but, but all of that could be possible. Totally. But there's the scene as he's walking along the beach and he sees a dead fox, mm. and then as he walks away, he turns around and then he sees it's the fox. looking at him, yeah. smiling. Yeah. So he's reliving that scene then. Yeah. Almost. Mm. Yeah. I felt the thing is the the fox bit threw me a little bit just because I was just like, oh, it's a cute fox. Yeah, <laughs> 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 just it kind of ruined all the attention because I was just like, oh, I just wanted to like give him a hug. It's just the entire film kind of just feels completely ambiguous. I think like it could be. It's very British, so it, it feels like it could be anywhere in Britain. Like I feel like. Mm. I've been to those places and they're just around the corner. Yeah. And I feel like, as much as I was saying it's like seventies, it, it feels kind of timeless. It mm. could have been mm. now, but like in a rundown area that was a bit in the past, and the decor and everything seems rotten. So is it really from the seventies? And it, you know everything is there, and I've kind of felt like it was leading up to being like a cycle of abuse, and that he was abused by. The uncle, and then that he'd gone on to abuse. Mm-hmm. I, I think this, so. I did. I wondered about that because it's he says it runs in the family, yeah. And he goes like, "Oh, you're not my dad," and I felt like that's what it was kind yeah. of hinting at. The legs are impressive. What exactly is it? It's the pup. Do you show that to children? I'm destroying it. Because yeah. well, well he could he could have been sent away. He could be he could have been in prison for abusing someone. Could he? That could mm. be where he's returning from. Well, when he's saying you upset those children and caused a scandal, mm. I did wonder whether um, 
I did wonder whether, in a way, I did wonder whether there wasn't even a puppet. Mm. I did wonder whether there wasn't even a possum. Mm. Um, well, um, to be honest, when I first saw it, I that was my initial reaction. That mm. the, it's not a physical thing. It's just it's the weight of what he's done basically, yeah. and he's can't he can't get away from being an abuser. He's yeah. trying to get rid of it, but it keeps going back because yeah. while he has those thoughts about kids, yeah it's there with them and he can't get rid of it yeah so it's not a physical thing it's just yeah. the weight of what he's carrying around I don't with think them. it is a physical no, puppet no. at all because Morris is talking about it when Morris refers to the puppet mm. and says have you managed to kill it yet or have you managed mm-hmm. to do this you're trying to dismantle it and all this sort of I feel like he's he's sort of laughing at him going yeah. it's in you to be like that because it's in me to be like that mm. so you know I'm watching you go through all this rigmarole of trying to put it put it away and trying to bury it and because of what he's done to him because of what I've done to you yeah. but he's sort of laughing on the whole time going you're never going to be able to beat it you know you have to accept what you are in a way Yeah. see I wonder whether the boy was real I mean mm. I got the answer in the end but I actually mm. felt through the film I was wondering whether the boy was real whether the news um, the news items on the telly were real or whether that was just him yeah. reliving what had happened to him when and when he the, approached yeah. when Philip approached the boy on the mm. train and said what are you drawing I, I, was he was he remembering what happened to him on the train when mm. he was a kid when Morris approached him saying what are you drawing or was he yeah, or was he repeating it yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, it just opened the, it's, the it just opened so many questions doesn't it the drawing style that he was doing as well was exactly the same as mm-hmm. the book that he drew. So it does kind of feel like mm. it was all like kind of disjointed and not quite following sync. And it, yeah, there was a part of me that thought, I thought we were actually watching, that was him as a kid. Mm. And it was... Modestly yeah, approaching it. I think it is. I think it is just meant to be kind of a mix of all of this and well, you kind of go you know, I just can't get my head around Philip being an abuser I just don't and I think it's just because it's just so horrifying I just mm. I, I just don't want him to it's be also, but he could be, I mean I, yeah. I don't know logically he could be but I just can't just get makes me, the whole thing utterly hopeless it's just awful and I mm. think and I think that analogy of that the puppet being the rotten vile mass of abuse that he's carrying around with him and he's mm. trying to get rid of it actually makes sense in terms of him being an abuser but actually makes sense of it just being like the albatross it's just the albatross around his neck yeah. of mm. the abuse he's he's had but, but that's just my emotional response to it I just don't I don't yeah. want him to be an abuser but that said <laughs> so when so if you, if you consider what what possum could represent for Philip Morris has also got his little doll. Yeah, it's the little devil, isn't he's it? He's got the little oh, fellow. God, yeah. and, he, and the moment he says run in the family, it's when he reveals the doll and says, he goes, he says, remember this, runs yeah. in the family. And waves and, the hand. And, yeah. and he does that, he beckons him in with the hand. So that could back up our theory that, that it is... Oh, you're awful. It is his guilt. It is his You know. But, I mean, it's an odd one, but because it's... Trying to, it, you, if you feel sympathetic with someone who is an abuser, but at the same time, it's showing you why he's like this. So I think it's it's a it's a good balance of mm. you know. Do you, you feel a bit icky for feeling sorry for him if he mm. is? You know, it's yeah. it's an interesting one. But what you know, it's it's quite hard because when you watch a drama, any kinds of drama that is it about an, an abuse situation with an abuser in, it is quite it's really hard to portray that 
abuser as a human being yeah it's yeah. really hard it's hard to get it even on telly mm. yeah it's pretty much impossible to be able to tell a 3d story about someone who is in that situation yeah. there have been some films that have done it quite interestingly yeah um but what i think as well is there's no other there's no other genre that could do it no. like this no. no there's no other genre that could make you ask quite these sorts of questions no. and no. have this sort of conversation like the horror genre it's such an emotive. It's such an emotive thing. I can see you. You can completely understand why you couldn't. You can't do that. And the the times that we live in, the media vigilante times that we live in. Not that that people shouldn't be concerned, but mm. the truth is, is that humanity isn't good. Humanity is everything from that that horrible dog, dank, mm. disgusting mm. hell to the bright, lovely, shiny, saccharine, sweet mm-hmm. disnification and it's everything in between. But it's not it's not exclusively one or the other. No. It's a it's a you know, it's a mm. it's a mess of it all. Yeah. Every colour of the speculum as yeah. would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um can I ask a question? What the hell is in those gobstoppers? Well, I think it's it's going back to his when Morris abused him as a kid, wasn't it? It was. Do you think he used to give him a sweet to keep him? Yeah, yeah. He'd he'd, he'd knock him out and he'd abuse him while he was drugged or unconscious, so he'd drug him. Right. That that was my. Because he does seem to like wake up from it or go into. Do you know? Or even. Or or it could have been a treat. He could have been a treat after he's after he's abused him to keep him quiet, and then in his head it's just. It's just associated, sweets are just associated with mm. want to vomit, having been forced to do something mm. unspeakable. Because that's that really powerful bit I thought where, where you see the, the, the pictures in the book and there's a really powerful moment where um, there's the picture of the little boy with this, he's either the little boy who is now half a spider. He's got like the spider mm-hmm. body, hasn't he, with the kid's face? With the kid's face. And on the bed in front of him are all the little sweets. Yeah, sweets on mm. It's really powerful. I did think it was a bit gross as well. I don't know whether it's to do with anything, but whenever it's together, they're always smoking. There's like an oral fixation between the two of them, isn't there? And I wonder if that was oh, yeah. something. Oh, yeah, and, and Rollies, and you just know that, that, that you know that Morris's for sure would be damp at the, the mouth end oh. and actually and oh. I got the impression I don't know that I just filled in the gaps so I got the impression they were actually swapping rollies at one point and I'm just like oh it's oh. just disgusting mm. but that's like maybe that filled in the gaps where it's a simple it's the dynamic like of their relationship mm. so what do we think happens with parents then because you said that he alludes to them being burned yeah it? they were killed so this think? is I this is where I can't piece together the structure of the film because I think possibly what could have happened is maybe Philip was abusing someone and someone found out and so tried to burn his house down because he was in there and it was his parents that died. Right. So say, say he's, you know, someone that heard about what had happened with these kids, you know, oh, there's a pair that lives there. Yeah. Tries yeah. to burn his house down and it's his parents that died. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah so that could, that could be what happened. Because he says, doesn't he, to Morris, why wasn't why, it you? Why didn't you burn? Why didn't you burn? Why was it, why was it them? Yeah, it's that because I wonders whether I wonders whether it was. I think the imagery of the balloons, I think, backs that up for me. You know, the, there's like the coloured balloons, isn't it? And then, the and, then they burn, and then they become black. Because there's a there's a great line where is it? Say goodbye to sun and moon. Say hello to black balloon. So mm-hmm. it's like the world of 
the sun and the moon he's left behind because yeah. of what he's done and so now he just lives in a world of darkness yeah that's that's what I take from that yeah because my, my what I was thinking in my head was that it happened when he was a kid and that's how Morris then came to be in this in, mm. in, in charge, charge I wondered that's what I wondered about that makes sense to me yeah for both I was with yours but mm. I think that yeah. makes perfect because sense I think as well with them being an entertainer and entertaining kids that would tie with the balloons you know mm. it's a bit it you know but that would work for me yeah. but I think the balloons would would also on the wallpaper behind right? yeah, so I feel like was that was just kind of like a physical yeah. imagination of his childhood literally burning away as his yeah. parents died in the fire it could be both actually because that's his wallpaper as he's a kid isn't it and so it I mean yeah and there's the you know he could have been that when things are horrible things are happening to him he could have been staring at that wallpaper and then transporting himself away mm-hmm. with, with the balloons couldn't he yeah. mm-hmm. and then they turn black to sort of represent like you just said about the innocence being lost and mm. see as well I'd, I think potentially Morris isn't even real I think he's there and that's his that's his way of you know personifying his abuse he's yeah. trying to deal with the abuse that he's caused yeah and he's thinking about the abuse that he suffered mm. so Morris might not even be there and I mean it's a bit of a cheesy ending if you look at it like that it's like the, the end of a fight club where he conquers his abuse and mm. lets the kid go so he is actually an abuser he has kidnapped that kid yeah but by the end of it he kills yeah. the part of him that is the you know but to be fair the kid doesn't react in yeah. like a thank you for saving me kind of way he just rolls out and runs, rolls yeah. Yeah. runs which does leave you thinking was he involved in some way or yeah. was it him mm. as well yeah it because you're you, that's not the normal reaction I don't imagine I think he'd probably just pick down crying on whoever was there because mm. the only people who really they want me to find out Stephen let's get you in a suitcase <laughs> <laughs> I am the perfect size <laughs> uncle's fingers oh because you only ever really see them interacting with each other don't you you so, do and he only ever appears in, in, in the shots kitchen right? yeah. or in, in, in the rooms there's one there's that one scene the garden, in the garden, garden isn't there um, but if your theory was right on that hmm then there's probably every chance that that was that was the plan, but they thought it's too obvious to have him just appearing in the room, so that's why they put him in the garden. Yeah. At the end, there could be something along those lines, maybe. Yeah. So, and, but and, that, I think that's what one the beauty of the mm. film is that so, so much of it is open to interpretation. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So all the stuff at the school I thought was really interesting. Mm. He goes and he goes and loiters around the school, doesn't yeah. he? But he becomes a boy. He's a kid again. That, yeah. that was like kind of... there's something about that school that isn't about him being an abuser. There's something about that school about him being the abuser. Well, that, well yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah, because when he's when he's outside the school, he's, he doesn't look he doesn't look like a threat. He looks he looks yeah. lost and vulnerable, yeah. mm. and like he's. It, it, it's almost like he's dying to say something mm. to them. Yeah. But the second time he goes back, doesn't he, when he speaks to the, like, the, I don't know if it's a teacher or secretary, mm. and mm. it says, he, he asks for a teacher by name, he says he's my form yeah. teacher, oh, yeah. he's going to come with me to the police, he knows what's happened. Yeah. So mm. he's been abused at school, yeah. and he's reliving it, he's gone back to the school to try yeah. and speak to someone, and then, boy, he's obviously... But he's actually talking like a boy. Yeah, he's like, and he's, he's like, calls that teacher when he's first at the school, sir. Yeah. Isn't yeah. when the teacher's saying, yeah. move on, will you? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even feel like the woman kind of treated him like a boy as well. Like, the way she just was like, okay, you just wait there. It kind of felt like almost, like, even that moment was in the past, like a yeah. flashback no, of him as a yeah. kid. And that did happen with her, but he was a little boy at the time. Yeah, and he's just playing. 
it's just him older playing. Mm. Yeah, yeah in, and it was just in his mind reliving that experience. Yeah. That's how it kind of felt to me because it wasn't like she was. I don't think you would do that if some man came in crying. You wouldn't just sit him on a bench in a school. Yeah, no. You'd probably just kick him straight out. Mm. Or call the police. Yeah, yeah, call the police. You wouldn't do that. I just noticed on my notes. I've got. Um, I had another theory about the burning of the parents. Mm. The other theory was that he did it. Yeah. Um, and that Uncle Morris is his uncle and lived with them and was abusing them and he he did it to to kill Uncle Morris, but they got trapped and mm. they died. Yeah. And he survived. Yeah. That and that's where, uh, that's where all the trauma started for mm. him. Yeah. So it's the guilt of that that he's carrying around. But yeah, so he's got the trauma of the abuse and then the guilt of killing yeah. killing the yeah. friends. That was the other that oh. was the other thought I had. There's so many great shots, there's so many like oh, amazing, amazing um locations. Like, all that marshland is just um, yeah. worn into the curious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was about. making me think of. And the railway line. Oh yeah. yeah. That was um the shot yeah. where he yeah. stood on the um, he stood on the train track when he goes to the train station, doesn't he? Yeah. And then there's no trains there, so the next shot is him stood on the train track under, under the, the bridge. bridge. Under the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. then when he's sat he goes under the arch and he's framed by the yeah. black yeah. arch as well. Yeah. Incredible. That's great. Even there's a great one as well, and it's like I think it's where he's running he's near the little wooden bridge, isn't he, by the by the stream. Mm. And the shot is like there's only like the top twenty percent of the shot is the sky and the rest of it is like the marshlands. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really like, oh, this looks so nice. Though. Yeah, well that's the impression, doesn't it? Because yeah. there's like no escape if you can't really see the sky and it's mm. just the marshland. It's that feeling of being trapped in there. I love the barracks as well. So yeah. I think that was like an old. I think it was like an old RAF base. That mm. was, well, mm. if you, when he goes back, I think this is going to be another place where he was abused because he finds a cadet's Hat. army cadet's hat, mm. which I felt like was his. And there's a mattress in yeah. that room as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's when and then at the end so so the big twist at the end is um, Uncle Morris says I'm going away doesn't he mm. and then throughout, so throughout the film Philip has been walking past the, this this door that's um, in the hallway um, and he never goes in um, until the very end and then when he goes in he's suddenly attacked which is the moment where everyone shit themselves yeah. including me um, <laughs> yeah I'd seen it three times I'd seen it myself by scary man in balaclava and then when he takes off it's Uncle Morris and then it, it all sort of comes out, doesn't it? It's, I mean, it's the first moment in the film where there's a big, ta- big barrage of exposition. Yeah. But it kind of feels earned because the film's been almost silent yeah. for like an hour yeah. and twenty minutes. It's fine. I actually don't think there is any exposition, though. Really? No, I don't think it's that. It's not exposition in the traditional sense. I don't think. Yeah. Because even then, you still don't. We're talking about it now, but we still don't really know what yeah. happened, do we? So. Yeah. Well, he sort it's of says visual yeah. and. A couple of hints. You get a conclusion, um, but, but, he, but not an but explanation. He, he sort of starts saying stuff that doesn't he? That yeah. helps you piece stuff together because yeah. he yeah. says it was me at the barracks. Yeah. I worked at the barracks. It was me that yeah. you know. You know it was me. But he didn't say anything. So but that's another. Yeah. Maybe that's more of his guilt as well. He knew because yeah. he was abusing people. Yeah. Uncle Morris with his fingers. Oh, oh, Do you want my fingers, you filthy dirty oh, boy? That's oh. what he says. <laughs> Open wide, open wide, and then he does. That's horrible as well because he knows that that's what he has to do. It's just absolutely awful. It's horrible. It's absolutely awful. I'm so pleased that we're all traumatized <laughs> by it because we normally like find something to laugh at. Mm. <laughs> 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 um, but everyone's just horrified by this film. Um, but it's a beautiful, beautifully made yeah. film. It's an incredibly made film. I, I think if that was what I was gonna have to say to, um, is it Matthew Holness? That's what I'd want to say. Is it's an it's a hideous, beautifully made film. Yeah, yeah. 
great the sort of music was by the Radiophonic Workshop. I noticed that on the credits yeah. at the so beginning. Like, just, uh, so it was like a, a BBC, hmm. I think it still is, a BBC sort of facility set up in the 60s. And it was before, because his synthesizers weren't out or popular until like the, the mid-late 70s. There wasn't synthesizers around. I remember synth pop in the late in the early eighties being like a revolution. Yeah. Um. So they had no way. Of, it was a way of them constructing sounds and music before there was pop. There was synthesizers were widespread. So they actually probably developed a lot of synth- synthesizer technology mm-hmm. in the radiophonic workshop oh, and right. sound effects and yeah. all sorts of all sorts of stuff. Oh, wow. Didn't they do their most their most famous thing is the uh, Doctor Who thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, is that really? That's, that's that that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. The score is amazing for this film, I think. The score is amazing. Mm. It's brilliant. Do you know, there's like the, the simple piano melody. If you've ever played like Resident Evil <laughs> games, it gives me that. There's When you go into like a save room in yeah. there, it, like the big tense music stops and it just goes to like your piano mm. melody, melody with like something just over the top. And it's somehow equally calming <laughs> and disturbing at the same time, time yeah. and that's give me that same kind of feeling. <laughs> and it's it's like nothing's happening. It's yeah. just nothing, but you know something's happening somewhere yeah. else. Something's coming. I like that unsettledness, from it. Mm. Definitely, I love the um the other thing that unsettles you throughout is the poetry, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So he yeah. writes, he wrote, li- he writes little poems, doesn't he, in, in his book, and throughout the film, you do hear little bits and bobs of it. Um, the one about um, <laughs> little possum black as sin made both me and Martin think of Stephen. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, so throughout the, throughout the film. That happens. So the original idea was that they were going to have title cards, like a silent movie, yeah. with with it written, like in the titles, like in titles with the drawings as well. Oh, wow. So like pages from the book, but they they, yeah. they, they did they thought that um, when they did it, it made it into a bit more too too much of a pastiche of a silent movie. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to sort of draw back on that. Yeah. So that's why you have it spoken instead of it. But I think the spoken version is really yeah, effective. Yeah, I think it works better as that. I don't know, I'm just having horrible visions in my head because of this film. So Possum's legs are like grey and long and yeah. um, just fairy. Fairy. Yeah. But actually, are they just, are they, anything's possible, I guess. Are they actually just representation of Uncle Morris's long, fingers. horrible fingers? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's one of the rhymes involves possum's tongue yeah. and I just had a horrible vision in my head about Uncle Morris's tongue when he's abusing people and it's just I've, I've disgusted myself yeah horrible <laughs> thanks for that it's a mind blow. it is a mind blowing film yeah it is it is and the first time I watched it I was I was really taken aback by it and I was mainly just the aesthetic of it blew me away I thought this is beautiful and I thought it's like proper dark British horror, mm, yeah. which you just don't get that much of anymore. And it's that, that's what made me really excited by it. But yeah. watching it the second time, a lot of that stuff that you've just said has sunk in more. Mm. So it's like, this is going to just stay with you. It's, it's a film to watch. It's a film where you're going to need to watch an episode of The Golden Girls after <laughs> Yeah, completely. Poor orphan boy. Mummy and Daddy all burn away. No, no. Uncle Morris with his fingers. No. 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 Do you like my 
my fingers, no. boy. No. Have no. you missed them? No. Please don't come over, don't. Please don't. Do you want my fingers, you dirty, filthy boy? No! Open up, then! Open up, I said! I think if you haven't watched this film, and actually if you've had any experience of abuse, you might think twice before you watch yeah, it. Yeah, I Because I think, <laughs> actually, yeah. if this is a serious horror film, and I think Ooh. as a, as a portrait of being abused abused and and what people carry can carry with them through their life this is just it's like it's so it's so pinpoint in detail and atmosphere it's incredible but actually i think it could be awful to watch mm. if you be abused in some ways it's bad that's not that it's a that's not it's a bad film at all it's, mm. it's an amazing film it's bottled that feeling, hasn't it? It's bottled that oppression. Yeah, mm. absolutely has. It really has. That f- sort of the black hole. It's like the black hole, isn't mm. it? Being trapped in that black hole. Um, but I do go back to what I said before, though, of saying I feel like there's no other genre that could that could tackle yeah. something like this in this way, in mm. such and a I, powerful, visceral way. I yeah. think it's important. I think it's, it sounds stupid saying it's important, but it's incredibly important that that sort of stuff is actually represented so yeah. people can get a, a, a sense and a feel of... of of what the impact is. Well, it's one of the reasons horror is around, mm. and there's, you know, there's not as many horror movies that do this anymore. Mm. They, they, they used to be a slew of them, but there's not that many being made now. So it's important that this is that this is around, and also it makes me really excited as to where this director is going to yeah, go next. Absolutely. It's like if he can do this, then I'd love to. I can't wait to see what what he does yeah. next. <laughs> it's yeah. a good, it's a good debut. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not bad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think they do a really good job of um, showing you just enough with the, the, the of the puppet. Mm. Like at first, you get like the the kind of just hip doing nothing, and you'll see the legs or something like that, or you'll see parts of it. Then you see a little bit more. Then when you first kind of get the impression of it moving at the end of the bed. You don't actually see it moving. It's just it cuts back to him, cuts um, back to there, um, and it's a bit closer, a bit creepier. And then even to the point where it is moving up later, later on, it's still only a little bit. You yeah. don't just show it like Scotland around the place mm. after a bit, like oh look you've seen it all now. So let's just have it run across the screen. Yeah, it's still just a little bit poking its head around the corner, looking at you, and. That's the right amount to show me because totally. I think if I yeah. saw it moving around completely, I would have been like, just stop. Yeah. Well, it would take you out of it a little bit because there would be a certain amount of it would become a little bit camp and yeah. jarring and stupid. And as we have always said on this podcast, there's a huge place in the world for camp and funny. It's what we love. <laughs> but it's good to have. It's good to know where that works and where that doesn't. Yeah. And this is definitely a film where that has. It doesn't have a place. This, like the, it's. If you compare it to the Babadook, mm. you can enjoy being scared by the Babadook. Mm. The whole thing of it is oh, about okay. in, being in, in, it's enjoyable to be scared. This isn't about being enjoying being scared, mm. but it's about experiencing mm. the oppression. fear, the oppression. Yeah. And it's about appreciating that fear rather yeah. than enjoying that fear, if that makes sense. No, no, definitely. I love the actual, I think the scenes where the puppet is following him, I think are brilliant. Oh, they yeah. show you just enough, as you say, it's like, you know, you never see it scuttling. You'll see like you'll see a little leg peek around the corner, yeah. and then that's enough. I think my favourite might be the garage where he's in the garage, oh, isn't he? Yeah. The barracks, 
and you can just hear <laughs> you can hear the feet on the roof. My favourite's inside the barracks with him. Fat with head peers around the door. Mm. Yeah, oh. just unbelievable. And you just get like one leg down onto the garage yeah. door, and then the second one, and then he yeah. just runs off. You don't need to yeah. see yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. And even when he's trying to leave the barracks, and he's got three doors he can go through, and he's like the tension and. You can see the tension in his face and in his body the way he's moving. It's not even in any of them. Mm. It's just he's just scared that it is going to be a moment. Mm, it's yeah. probably going to be behind him somewhere. But just when he's looking at the doors and trying to leave, even that is is like tense and creepy. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. I also love that um that place where he keeps taking it with the trees are, and he keeps putting the bag in the center and then the trees like bend off the, the branch, the spider the legs. legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm in themselves and I just think that's such a cool little location that they yeah. found to like tell visual image yeah what's going on so the cool. locations are one of the major um, one of the major strengths of the film mm. as well because it's such a vast wasteland really you know it's really good they did they did make it they did all the stuff we've said about not knowing what time it's set was on purpose yeah. so they wanted yeah. to film that didn't have any mobile phones mm. you didn't see any cars do you only think you see the police car apart from the police car but yeah. that made me think of me child that made me think of like being a teenager because it was like a jam car yeah it's yeah. like it's like early yeah. 80s yeah. it looked like to me you didn't really see much of the train the train station's very old fashioned so they wanted to film that wouldn't date they wanted to film that would, that would remain timeless and I feel like they've really yeah. achieved that I'm blown away I am blown away by that film <clears throat> I'm really glad to have seen it but yeah. I'm blown away by it I'm just and Sean Harris is like he is his acting is incredible it's there's like you there's points where you look at his face and you feel like you can see 30 years of disgust and sadness and self-loathing anguish and anguish just there written anguish deep, in deep within his face and his soul it's just incredible he looks like there's moments when he's with the team when he's outside the school mainly but just moments when he's walking around he looks like he's going will someone help me yeah. he looks yeah. like he's asking yeah. for help and nobody will help him and that in a, that in a sense is the film encapsulates doesn't it mm-hmm. it's, that, it, that is capturing the whole fucking Savile <clears throat> darkness that that is over this fucking yeah I just keep on feeling impulse a couple of times I felt impulses like thinking I just want I want to pull him out mm. of wherever he was mm. that was like I was feeling that impulse yeah. it's just it's, inco- it's, it's incredible that it's done that yeah. to me while watching a film it's about it's the vulnerability of someone it's vulnerable people who nobody fucking helped mm-hmm. you know and that, that's what that's what the film he constantly looks like he's just stopped crying to pull himself together for that scene mm-hmm. to get through that little bit and then he'd probably cry again like yeah. he's just constantly got that look on his face yeah so a cheerful film then yeah yeah <laughs> Well, I'm you know I'm 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 glad we did it then, and I'm glad that I'm glad that you had a profound experience, Martin. I think I, Joe, I think it did, and I God, I think Joe, I hope I hope yeah. that Thingy Holness and Sean Harris get proper recognition mm. for what they've done because it's incredible. Yeah, and also um, as well as those two, a big shout out to um, Alan Armstrong. Oh yeah, who plays Morris? What a brave, <laughs> what a brave, brave man. Brave. <laughs> But he went for it as well. Yeah, he really he didn't like, it. yeah, very brave. I asked Twitter what the responses to this film were. 
So, um, Barva Lamp um, says it's one of the most grim, grimy, and disturbing British films in recent years. It's a good one, but I recommend having a shower afterwards. <laughs> and for anybody with an idea of who Jimmy Savile was, so basically anyone in the UK, an extra layer of, of grime is instantly added. Mm-hmm. Tom Vine, who I decided is quite cute. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Tom. Um, <laughs> he says, so unnerving and really creeped me out. I find that British cinema has a particular darkness to it, which I can't get enough of. <laughs> Yeah. Kevney says, absolutely love the timelessness of it. There's something there's nothing at all that suggests what year it's set in. Helps to keep it in its own little hallucinatory bubble, like a live action salad fingers the movie. Salad fingers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of salad fingers. I've never seen salad fingers. Salad movie. fingers is horrible. Is it? Yeah, actually. I get that. Yeah. I can relate. Alyssa Miller says, I loved it. So creepy. It's like if Jan Zang Jan Zwangmeyer and David Lynch had an agent orange baby. <laughs> I had to Google who Jan Zwangmeyer was, and it's a, a film director who makes very films involving, um, st- I think it's like stop motion. Oh, stop motion. And UK Horror Scene says, it was so good, you can taste the dirt, feel the sweat, and the tension is palpable. Mm, good taste, Morris's fingers. Oh! <laughs> One of the best British horror films in years, and Mr. Holness is a bloody genius. A film that hits your senses and stays with you long after. Um, well, we all, I think we all agree mm-hmm. yeah. on that one. I feel very grimy right I'm now. I'm still feeling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're, you're and you know you're listening to four people who have sat through Malabin with a malicious whore, <laughs> <laughs> um, many Black Emmanuel films, <laughs> um, and lots of exploitation films, and have come out with something to laugh at. And whereas this is just hit home on so many levels, it's so authentic and truthful in its in its horror that it really is effective. Film mm-hmm. definitely and a real experience for all of us. So yeah. I recommend if you're feeling up to it, you definitely give it a look. It's uh, in terms of British horror, it's it's really important. Yeah, it's not date night horror. <laughs> it's not date night horror. God, no. And if you feel like as long as you're not on <laughs> with your uncle anyway. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that's it. And also, like what Martin was saying before, if you feel like there's, there's any like. If there's any way this film can make you feel very, very upset because of anything, um, then you might want to you might want to have a good hard thing before you put it on. Yeah, that's your trigger warning for you. It's probably one of the few times we would give a trigger warning, but I think it's without like, without any irony. without any irony, it's <laughs> such a powerful yeah. and emotive film yeah. without being gratuitous. I think, yeah, again, it, it that, needs one. That is, I think, again, as you say, that is one of the strengths of the film. It doesn't. Doesn't go over the top to be gratuitous. No, it's and it's just, not exploitative no, at no. all in any way. It's really, really, it's it's just, just incredible. It's film. emotionally authentic in every way. Mm-hmm. We're all off to watch Ab Fab and the, the, <laughs> yeah. the Simpsons. Something or, cheery. <laughs> um, so you can get me if you'd like to get in touch with us. We're always open uh, to that. Uh, if you, you can get me on Twitter at Johnny Larkin. You can get Stephen Moore. Uh, HD ninety nine. God, I can't remember myself today. Can I? I wonder what what Jimmy killed the That's what I was thinking. That's why I'm just laughing because Martin normally has some sort of witty um, come back because he's not on Twitter. So I'm just guessing what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a few options. <laughs> we want all of them. We need a laugh. Uh, Jonathan, where can we get you? Uh, at Cthulhu five hundred two. And Martin. I'll be in the kitchen taking something from the jar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like crying. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>